Hey, welcome to Exact Change. Um, just the right amount of overthinking, always, with your hosts, Claire. And Roberto. The inimitable two. <laughs> We're both inimitable. Um, on the docket today is uh, we're going to boost a organization to donate to as usual and um, do a kind of roundup of, of the organizations we've talked about so far. And then we're going to talk about a topic that's on everyone's minds all the time, which is um, love. <laughs> And longing. And longing, yearning, eros. Um, melancholy. Melancholy. Ennui. The drama, the, ennui, <laughs> the anxiety, <laughs> the hysteria, yeah. all the feelings. Um, all right, so organizations. Yeah, I'll, I'll start. Um, there is an organization called the Chicago Freedom School, um, which has some things in common with the Black School that we talked about a few weeks ago, um, but it's a Chicago-based youth program that has an emphasis on um, training to be um, a community activist and just kind of provides people with uh, different tools and resources to to go to their communities and be good organizers um, and they have different youth programs and then they also have workshops and trainings and you can either do one-time or ongoing donations and um, yeah, as much as possible, if you can like donate in a in a way that continues, that's really great. Even if it's just like five dollars yeah. a month, a um, recurring donation. Totally. So we'll put their uh, website in the show notes, but it's chicagofreedomschool.org. Sweet, and um, I'm just here to say. <laughs> To also um, be, if you're in, if your social media channels are sort of um, boosting individuals to donate to, to make sure you're also giving money to actual people um, and also your friends um, as much as possible. And um, I guess to like also just go back to through some of our previous episodes where we've listed um, different places to donate to. So, um, I mean, the, I can't think of, I should have had the list ready. I don't even remember which ones, but I, Okra Project. Black and Pink. The Black and Pink. Um, the Black School. Mm -hmm. Dark News um, Arts. Dark News Arts. Where else did we... <laughs> last week it was black and pink and oh the activation residency right and oh and I mean, for the girls yeah for the girls i think that's pretty much all of them the ones we've yeah. we've talked about and they're we've also like 
put them in our show notes and on the Instagram. Yeah, and if you donated, um, donate again. <laughs> if you can. Set up a recurring donation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> put it on your parents' name, especially if your parents are a racist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or if they have deep pockets. Mm. But yeah. I wish my I, parents had deep pockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I um with the ones that are like individuals and like people's GoFundMe's, I've just been bookmarking them all so that if I'm donating, I can just like go to my bookmarked pictures and Instagram. Yeah. So that's a hot tip for you. For anyone. <laughs> <laughs> I stay uh, organized. Yeah, keep it keep it organized. Make yourself a spreadsheet. Make a budget. I was gonna suggest them. I know. Everyone loves a spreadsheet. God, I'm like so impressed by people who can. And then and the people who keep it up. It's so much effort. It's incredible. Some people. I'm like I feel twisted about it because of the amount of spreadsheets I had to make for previous jobs that I've had. Yeah, um, I kind of think of you as a spreadsheet ho. I'm not in my personal. I'm. I can be. A, I can do that as a professional, but I refuse to do that in my personal life. If anything, I make like handwritten spreadsheets in my journal. <laughs> yeah, totally. The old school way, like columns and. <laughs> yeah, I put it I, all on my legal pad. <laughs> Bright yellow legal pad. What are you drinking? I'm drinking seltzer. I <laughs> I have a bladder infection right now. Fuck. And so I'm trying to not drink like too much caffeine or alcohol. Is I it a constant reminder of mistakes made? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really uh That's a bummer. It really won't leave me alone. I'm so sorry. It's terrible. So, you know, eating cranberry pills like they're fruit snacks. <laughs> <laughs> Do they taste good? No, I'm actually just swallowing them. I'm not chewing them. But they're fine. They don't taste good. <laughs> <laughs> Do you chew them? Like, how do they work? <laughs> I just swallow them. I wonder what it would be like if you chewed them. Maybe it would be. Probably bitter and disgusting. Probably. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well. What are you drinking? I'm drinking, like, very expensive iced coffee from the the coffee shop, the expensive coffee shop downtown, which, like, I now live, like, five minutes away from downtown, so it's going to be... It's going to be, I'm, I'm actually, um, I'm deciding, like, I'll buy coffee out once a week. Special <laughs> um, occasion. Su- support the local businesses, get my iced coffee fix once, and as a treat for being a, a good girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that reward system. You need it. Anyway, I drink, I also drink my coffee with half and half and sugar yeah good I love sugar 
I started drinking coffee like this past winter with loads of sugar after um, going to Europe. I don't know why in Europe I just started like loading my coffee with sugar. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Where, like, do you remember where you were when you started doing that? Was yeah, it served we were... to you that way? No, it was in Lisbon and like we were staying at this Airbnb um, that was close to a lot of stuff, but like it was right down the street was this pretty cute coffee shop and they made these really good like traditional Portuguese pastry things. Um, and the coffee was sort of like, it was like an Americano-ish situation whatever they call it there um but anyway it was like so bitter that I felt like I needed sugar so I put like two packets of sugar in it and ever since then yeah. <laughs> I've been a two packets of sugar Ooh, sugar girl that's, that's really brave in 2020 and I I think that you should have <laughs> I'm a half and half. I'm a dark roast and I'm a half and half. And it's, you know, it's hard to come by these days. It's all light roast and oat milk out there. <laughs> What's your, um, what is your uh, internal mental temperature right now since last week last week we were like bitching and whining about life how is it going this week um I feel <clears throat> I I'm in a better place than I was last week I think I right now I feel very celibate <laughs> and that could go on for for a very long time. That's how I feel right now. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like um yeah, I have to like clear my system of something. But I yeah. also have been thinking constantly about emailing someone and I'm definitely not going to. So maybe I'm, yeah, I, uh, yeah. Fuck. Hesita I'm racked with hesitation. And you're, and well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How about you? Um, I honestly, my mental health is better than it has been in like, since I can, probably in a year. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, in like three days. I think it has to do with moving and like being in a, a good spot. Um, and like it feels so good to just like set up a space and make a space new and my room is like twice as large or maybe even like three times as large as my previous room so I just wow. have like more space and it feels so good I can stretch out and like actually pace and I'm a pacer like I'm a very big pacer so I need this space and it's really great um, a space for pacing. Do you pace for your writing? I do. I'll get up and pace. Wow. For sure. Mm. 
I have a backyard, which is so nice. Oh a huge God. backyard. It's huge, huge. That sounds it's like you so can have like good. four socially distanced picnics. <laughs> Simultaneously. Simultaneously. You should. And there's like so many rooms in my house. I might record here. I might record the pod in my room today. I might record it in the sunroom another oh day. Oh my gosh, yeah. I might record in a kitchen. Whoa. And oh. on the porch. You never oh, know. Yeah. Oh, we'll it sounds so it. spacious. It sounds keep so it good. Fresh. I know yeah. I have like a staircase to my room. <laughs> my own staircase. Oh my gosh. Do you have your own? So I can sneak people in. Oh yeah. No, I just have I just have a um I just have my own uh like staircase. Um like I have to I still have to walk by other people's rooms. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But um but they don't have to walk through mine past my door. That's dreamy. It's like at the end of a hall. Oh my gosh, it sounds really good. I have my own bathroom, which is a dream. Oh my gosh. I can like easily crawl to the bathroom without like waking anyone else flushing the toilet at 3 a.m. Wow. (laughs) That sounds luxurious. Is there a bathtub in your new bathroom? Um, There isn't. There's no shower. In fact, there isn't a bathtub in the whole house, which is kind of a bummer. That's the only bummer. But it's like a small thing. I mean, I do love a bath. I really, I'm a bath person. You just have to date someone with a bath. True. I mean, I feel like I'm not dating anyone in Charlottesville either. I mean, I'm on the celibacy (laughs) game with you. Yeah. Maybe we can, maybe that's, that's good for us. I know. I mean, our whole, so our whole segment, our whole main topic of convo today is sort of bad romance, (laughs) as Lady Gaga would (laughs) put it yeah <laughs> yeah or as an even more recent lady gaga would put it stupid love yeah horrible song bad oh, atrocious yeah. song but like or maybe not maybe it's not maybe i need to give another chance but um not not a great didn't love it when i first heard it <laughs> but I anyway yeah we're <laughs> the distinction between bad romance and stupid and st- love <laughs> me too <laughs> Those are kind of the two options. The Venn, the Venn diagram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like the list I made is kind of all over the place. I'm wondering what's on your list. But yeah. I was yeah. Gonna- so over the past few days, Claire and I have been accumulating materials on like the, the literature and art, music, etc. that has sort of fed our fantasies or our and our notions about love yeah and about um, like uh failed love or lost love or heartache love that comes back recurring cyclical love yeah yeah impossible love I mean, I know where to start. I mean, for I think um, we both talked about a few things. I feel like the foundational, for me, one of the foundational texts, books on love is Written on the Body by Jeanette Winterson. Yes. 
The first sentence is, why is the measure of love loss? <laughs> oh, my Which is gosh. like... Jeanette. <laughs> and just like a really pierced, pierced right through the core of... <laughs> of everything. She also has this like really good, um, I mean, I really love, one of the things I really love about this book is that it, um, it's so like, it, remind, it it's, reminds me of like a, of uh, A Lover's Discourse by Bart mm -hmm. and the way that she like writes um, and thinks about love. <clears throat> Like when she she in the first I I really love the first chapter and in one of, in the first few in the first page, somewhere she says, um, "You said I love you. Why is that the most unoriginal thing we can say to one another? Is still the thing we love we long to hear." Um, I love you is always a quotation. You did not say it first, neither did I. Yet when you say it and when I say it, we speak like savages who have found free words and worship them. I did worship them, but now I'm alone on a rock hewn out of my own body. <laughs> oh my I'm like, gosh. like, where do you even begin? <laughs> yeah, she really gets gets at it in that book. I haven't read it in a while, but I just remember like feelings I had when I was reading it. It was devastating. It's so devastating. I mean, it's like the crux of it's like it's a, it's all about a love affair between a, the narrator who's like this kind of hot, mysterious, like the their gender is never named, mm -hmm. um, and the book, which like I don't know. I still assume it's like an androgynous person. Like it could be like a non-binary person. Um, who's like somewhere straddling masculine feminine traits but um and then the object of affection is a woman named louise who's described as having like huge um red hair <clears throat> that reminds at some point the narrator is like it looks like a like a bunch of monarch butterflies like on her head or something oh my gosh I love that her name is Louise too <laughs> I know I, I really love that name but I don't know I feel like for me this book just brought up like the immediacy of love the like will I ever let you go will I ever get over this kind of love Mm -hmm. Which, like, you know, that that's something I talked about last week, which is, like, something I'm constantly trying to figure out is when is, is love ever over? Can I love the same? Can I be in love with the same person forever? Mm -hmm. And then a lot of people are like, no, like, you'll find someone else and it will be great and better and blah, blah. It's like, but <laughs> until then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will keep going back to my previous right until then there's like only the past <laughs> <laughs> that makes me think what you were saying about written on the body makes me think of a few things that are on my list most of the things on my list are like things that i encountered recently partly because i'm not at home right now so i don't have like all my reference yeah. materials but 
Um, yeah, two books. Well, I just read The Ravikians by Renee Gladman, and mm-hmm. I didn't know it. I was a fool, and I read the second in the series before the first. Oh, my but, God. What is The Ravikians? Uh-huh. But I haven't read that. She's, like, talking about, or the narrator has this kind of lifelong love named Anna Potova, and uh-huh. they meet, it describes kind of in her memory, like them meeting on a bridge and crossing on this bridge between two parts of the city. And uh-huh. um, it's just like so slowed down and talks about like all of the gestural information of that meeting and kind of what took place after. But um, she just holds that memory like like as a moment in her life where mm-hmm. like her, her path split and she will like never there will always be these parallel realities after meeting Anna Potova because yeah. she knows of Anna Potova's existence and they like in the book have been um lovers or something like it for like 30 years but they're rarely in the same place and it mostly is her just longing for Anna and not knowing how to find her or where she is but it's just so continual and it's so um like I don't know it's just like a tether for her um yeah then I was also thinking about the book that I love that I that you haven't read or like we have different feelings about this writer but um the end of the story by Lydia Davis oh yeah it's like written when she's she's married but she's looking back on this very brief relationship that she had and she just is kind of like obsessing over the details of it but it was a long time ago and it was it didn't last very long but I related to it a lot in terms of kind of like just the way that we can get into these loops of memory and desire. There's, there's no answers. There's just like, sometimes we don't even know why we're focusing on that time or that person. Right. But I think like, it's so interesting the ways that we can project our fantasies onto either, I mean, it can be a crush, which I think it's most op- often is, like, <clears throat> there's this, um, I mean, the poet and, and writer, uh, Melissa Broder, who I really recommend everyone go to, is, like, constantly talking about the ways we project all our anxieties, desires, fantasies, insecurities, obsessions into into um, people who we hardly know, whether they're like crushes or, I mean, I can have in a relationship too, you can idealize your partner to the extent of uh, creating a totally different person, um, thereby eclipsing the person they actually are thereby complicating the relationship 
And I think that it's a good thing to have some idealization of your partner. Like you should be with someone who is like incredible and who you like brag about to your friends and um, want to bring around everywhere and want to be or and feel just generally good around. But um, but there's also like a danger in um, in becoming a sort of uh, what is the word like um, just a just worshiping the fantasy or whatever. Yeah, or like projecting um, all of your fantasies onto them. Yeah. But then also, what I was going to say is also the way that you can do that in um, ret retroactively. So creating a fantasy of what was like I'm mm -hmm. ever since I like went through my break through my breakup from like November onwards, I feel like one of the first things I immediately and I was doing this before we broke up, but even before uh, or after and still to this day, probably there's like uh, a way that I've created a another fantasy a fantasy of like of um the relationship we had when it was like good or whatever and like desperately holding on to who that person was then and like idealizing the type of partner the way that um my ex-boyfriend was back then um I think especially because who that person was became or who that per be became a different person from the person who broke up with me. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and the, the, the person who broke up with me was someone unrecognizable to me and I couldn't, I didn't know how to reconcile that difference um, except by internalizing it as something that was my fault. Um, and something that uh, spoke more about me than him, as in like, it's uh, if I hadn't been this or this way, he would have stayed the same and we would still be together. Um, Do you think it's like also <clears throat> you missing who you were when you were with him? I think so. I mean, and over the, since I've been, I mean, I was really depressed, like, I've been really depressed for a few months. And I think one of the, I had this breaking point where I was like, I don't remember the last time I was happy. Um, and not just like happy for a day or like brief instances of happiness, but like long stretches of just like joy. And um, I mean, I think like 2018, to like middle of 2019 were like really really good for me like i was just really happy and um things were going well in my life like i got into an mfa program i was in like a happy the best relationship i'd ever been in the healthiest relationship i'd ever been in um i loved where i lived I um, like my job enough to like keep myself going until I went to grad school. 
I had great friends and community. Um, but I think, I don't know, really one of the things was just like being in love was really good. Um, even though it's a lot of pressure <laughs> or it felt like a lot of pressure at the time where I was like, I don't know what to do ever. I don't know, actually know what I want. Like, I don't like, I'm love this person, but I'm confused about like what it's going to look like when I move away, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What else is on your list? Um, well, one thing that we talked about was the, um, Cool by Gwen Stefani. Oh, <laughs> Fuck me up. Speaking of, speaking of exes. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that song is like, as like the mentality of that song is really aspirational. I want, I feel like that's how I'll be in my 30s. <laughs> But it's so, I don't know, that music video destroys me. I know, where it's like the, um, isn't it like her in some villa or mansion and her like ex is there with his new boo? Yeah, yeah. And she's having flashbacks of them together. Totally. Yeah. Uh, and he's like. See, that's one thing like I can't do. Like, I don't want to know the new boo. Like, I really, I don't want to see her or him I don't want to know about him or her partially because it feels threatening to my ego which is already like minuscule <laughs> <laughs> and fragile oh my god I feel like I'm all I feel like I'm I'm okay with it because I feel like my fantasy of that person is more threatening than the reality usually and so if I meet them, I'm, I don't know. Sometimes it's better for me because sometimes my imagination can get the best of me. Yeah. Or if I see them on social media or something, I'll just like, I prefer when it's grounded in reality because everybody's yep. odd and everybody's insecure. What is it that's so hard about the idea of like thinking of someone you love, thinking about someone you loved with someone else? I mean, um, like, I can't do it. Even, the, like, I don't need to see a picture. Just imagining it makes me so upset and mad. I think that was a huge thing um, for me and, like, my breakup. I was, because I was, like, I think one of the things that was really terrible for me was just imagining my boyfriend with someone else. This was because we had, like, an open relationship long distance and it just did not work for me because I was like I don't like that you're fucking someone else it's disgusts me <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's like especially it's like way different being in a long distance open relationship too because you can't it's like you're imagining them with somebody else and you can't be with them right and it's way different if you can like see them later or like hang out I can't, I don't think I can ever do that again. No. And I, I could not do any form of polyamory or open relationship. I'm like, realized through that whole thing that I'm like very much monogamous. <laughs> yeah, I think I am. I, I mean, yeah, I really feel that way, especially recently. 
And, and I don't think that means like I believe I don't think one person can ever fulfill all my needs but like no I way can, like I can like I don't know I can uh I just need to grow the fuck up and be like whatever you're a person like I'm not going to project all my needs onto you I know they're not going to get met I'll figure out healthy ways to meet them myself maybe by like I don't know having some like a better relationship with myself if that's possible <laughs> I mean that's the goal <laughs> yeah yeah oh my god I was thinking about I was thinking about a couple songs yeah that I was thinking about the song um be careful Cardi B's song and then I was also thinking about Kelsey Lou's cover of I'm Not In Love. Oh my god stop. <laughs> I'm going to lose it. I That's that's such a good cover though. I know. It hurts me. But I also I really like when I hear that song I really relate to the narrator of it but I relate to it from this part of me that's just like so guarded that I can almost be like dismissive. It's like from oh, a yeah. guarded place that I feel really familiar with. And I think what I'm worried about, especially with like, if I don't, if I don't date for a long time is that I'll get back to that place instead of being like in this like open, confident place yeah. where I just can be like, I just can kind of like shut it down in this way in yeah I don't know but yeah that song her cover is so good I know I mean there's like the simultaneous like vulnerability and also like guardedness but I think I think inherent in guardedness is like a truer vulnerability than like vulnerability um which like that doesn't make sense at all but and what I mean is uh, when I feel like to be honest about your own vulnerability and to like bear your, to like flay yourself open requires such bravery and strength. Whereas like within the guarded person, there is vulnerability. That person is vulnerable and like a very soft and kind of um, easily destroyable or um, easily hurtable way which is where that need to to guard ourselves comes from yeah right yeah um I mean my kind of I don't know I'm like the kind of love that's like like love song by the cure <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh I'm like such a I'm such a like I will always love you person you know what I mean yeah yeah like I will go to my grave loving like my ex-boyfriend for sure. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Scorpio love. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, I mean, as I, I think one of, I mean, one of the books I told you about, which is like my number one, is like The Lover by Marguerite de Ross. I just remember like, I mean, the premise of that book is sort of like Marguerite de Ross's character, which is kind of based on her, is like, it starts out when she's 15 or something and she's having this affair with like a 26 or 27 year old Chinese man. She lives in Vietnam. Um, 
with her mom who's mentally ill and her brothers who are also like abusive and destructive um and her character is just like already as a young person like certain that she will become a writer and that that's all that is important to her but she has this um really intense affair with this um Chinese man who speaks fluent French because he lived in Paris and his father is like some wealthy businessman and um I don't know but that book like I mean obviously they don't end up together like they how could they they like can't um one based on like on racial prejudices um and two to one racial prejudices two class and three just like the age difference is like I think it was taboo then, but I don't think it I don't think it's it was as taboo then as it would be now. Mm-hmm. Like for like I don't think Marguerite de Ross would like look back and be like, that guy was a pedophile for like I was just a fifteen or sixteen year old girl, you know? I think she, that's like it's like a different if the times were different then. Mm-hmm. Um and she's like not even throughout the book she's not really accusing him of like of anything. It's very matter of fact about like how they made love and like or how they had sex and <laughs> um and what that <laughs> what the I mean that's what she would say. She would say like we made love and no no but um it's very non judgmental and then in like the final scene is just like him is like the the lover calling her after like thirty years of not talking to each other. And he's just like, he's like, yeah, I've like heard you wrote written books and I heard about your brother dying, blah, blah, blah. And then there's like silence. And then he says, um, or it's like, and then there's this line that's like, he didn't know what else to say. And then he's like, uh, I will, it's like, Hold on, I have to open my book to see what it is because these li- I don't these lines like devastated me when I first read them. Um, it's it goes, and then he didn't know what else to say, and then he said it. He said that it was like before that he still loved her, that he could never stop loving her, that he would love her until his death. Um, I was just so like blown away by like how emotional that made me (laughs) there it's like a very simple I mean and on a prose level it's like so simple but an emotional level after you've been through this journey it's just like so fucked up it fucked me up the concept of like the love that never ends that love that never dies the love that the loves that you carry with you and like can never have back yeah yeah like and I think that's another yeah and I think that's another activity of like or another way of uh retroactively creating the fantasy or keeping the fantasy alive totally totally and like it sometimes I think sometimes I think like um kind of like projections of love like that can feel a little bit dismissive because it's like you don't know me you weren't there for all of that. But I also think that there is something that endures about a memory that just kind of like, it like, it grows with you and it lives with you. Um, But I don't know, that made me think about, have you seen um, 
uh, in the mood for love. Yes. Oh my God. Not in a while. But, oh, oh my God. God yeah. It's like these two, these two neighbors who move into each other with their spouses. You never see the spouses. They're both always away on business. And um, basically like both of them are being cheated on. Um, and there's kind of a mirroring, like maybe their spouses are cheating on them with each other. Like maybe yeah. that preceded this, but they kind of befriend each other um, and they fall in love, but like they aren't acting on it. And then it's like, just like the window of opportunity closes and like their lives continue. Right. And, like the hesitation nothing sexual ever happens right no. nothing really happens nothing it's just the tension happens. it's a tension that rides yeah them through. yeah and they're also kind of performing like the partnership that they don't have and there's there's a scene in it that really affected me where they're practicing together her asking her husband if he's cheating on her but mm -hmm. they're like role playing basically this conversation and she just like yeah. breaks down crying. Um, yeah. But yeah. And then the end of the movie is very strange. I won't describe it, but it's just like, yeah, there's like openings and then closings. And sometimes you like can't walk, walk through the openings or you like can't access them. Yeah. But their like window of opportunity just ends. But I don't know. It's, I think there's something like really special about that about that kind of um the innocent crush or like the not even innocent, but just like the crush that doesn't um develop into anything. Mm -hmm. I feel like I've had so many of those. Oh my god, totally. I I like there's like people who I always have crushes on that nothing will ever happen with. Or maybe it will, I don't know. It's just the thing is like, why can't it happen? <laughs> I know. <laughs> What's preventing it from happening? I don't get it. Like, I'm great. You're great. <laughs> we can be great together. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm in this place and I wonder where you're at with like writing and everything where I'm sort of like in this really autonomous place in some ways like more so than I've ever been and I'm I think I'm like very attached to that in this way that like in some ways I feel like uh like I just remember when I wasn't this way and so it feels really good but then I feel kind of heavy-handed with it and I don't I think it's making me into somebody who like right now it wouldn't be a good partner or something and I'm kind yeah. of like I don't I don't think that I don't think that anybody can like I don't know I don't want to be alone but I also am like I don't know I just feel kind of multiple ways about things i also yeah. really shy away when somebody like really wants to be with me so yeah i don't know i feel like i have to figure it out or else i'll just not but 
maybe first solo, yeah. four years of celibacy. <laughs> I mean, I've gone through like long stretches of celibacy. Like when I mean in college, like I didn't have any relationships for like a couple years or any sort of like sexual anything for a few years, mostly because I like sat foot on campus and looked around and was like, fuck, like I'm so not into anyone here. Seriously. <laughs> I was like, this is college. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's, especially like since we went to such a tiny school, it's like everyone mm-hmm. is in your business all the time. It's like, I don't yeah. want people knowing about my relation relationships. Like I don't want strangers talking about my relationships. And then when I finally was in a relationship, which is with the one person that I had a crush on, like all of college, it was such a shit show. Oh no. It was so bad. Luckily, like I had to do our to do div three that year. So I just like channeled, which is our senior thesis year, but I just like channeled all my energy into my projects because I was like the one thing that this person may have taken away my dignity, but it can't take away my my intellect or whatever. <laughs> my academic rigor. <laughs> my proud. I was like, I'm 30 times smarter than you or the boy you dumped me for. I was dumb for another boy. And the worst part was that that boy was in one of my classes. <gasps> Oh. It was so fucked up, yo. I was oh my so gosh. I was so shook. What I was I was so mad. Especially what was that because class I was like, like after that. Well, I was like the teacher's pet kind of. Um because she was my <laughs> advisor. <laughs> and so I would literally like just like I would ignore this kid he was a little dweeb he was like a little pipsqueak or whatever and um I never really like engaged with him like I didn't entertain him really until like the very end of the semester when we were doing like presentations for our final projects or essays or whatever um and uh I mean the class was called like what was it, it was called aesthetic desire and distaste the political economy of art <laughs> it's like the made up class title <laughs> literally i was like so what is this class about but it was like it was a really good class but anyway he was like talking about how like non-binary aesthetics and fashion as revolutionary or as radical and you know i went in on that <laughs> shit. I like tore his tore him to pieces. Um it didn't make me feel better about myself, but I was like, either way, even if it had nothing to do in that case it had nothing to do with him as much as it had to do with like how stupid his argument was. <laughs> um it's a very easy argument to tear apart, but yeah, did they <laughs> stay together for a bit? Um, no, then around, around that time, which was in like winter and December, um, when that whole like presentation thing was happening, simultaneously, I started getting texts from this other, from this guy again, 
and he was like, I need to set up my art. I need to set up my art gallery show. Like, can you help was me? Was he asking you for help? Are you kidding? <laughs> yes. Oh my and God. my dumbass immediately was like, Yeah, of course I can help. Oh my gosh, I would have done the same. <laughs> I mean, you're like twenty one and you're yeah. like twenty one and stupid and like desperate and horny. Um I was like convinced this person was the cutest boy I'd ever seen, like where while I like also secretly like thought his art was stupid and, <laughs> and ugly. It probably was really stupid. Wow. Yeah. Mind you, this was also this person's first um these were like his early days as like I think the I think um possibly we were the only boys he ever really dated because I know this person now dates women again. Or like uh, yeah. Or like one of those cis guys who like dates queer women. <laughs> that's that's um, such a type, especially especially at Hampshire. Oh god, it's so gross. It's an it's an epidemic. <laughs> <laughs> it must be stopped. <laughs> but then yeah. Oh my gosh. I mean, you were in a relationship for a really long time at Hampshire, right? Yes, and I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, I was in relationships for like years. I was in, I was in a relationship at the beginning of Hampshire, and then I was in a relationship at the end of Hampshire, and then. <laughs> And then when I broke up with that person, I was immediately <laughs> in another relationship. So it's really, I don't know. It's not good. I mean, it's fine now. I don't know. Actually, it's not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I just said nothing. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, if I if I had at my disposal like a like a bounty of beautiful men who I could like string along and from one relationship to another, like I would do it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess so. I guess so. But I think I think for a long time I would get really far away from myself when I was in relationships and then when I was out of them that was like me returning to myself and it was like really exhausting and really destructive and I didn't have any I would just like I just would want to be the object of desire for somebody and I would just kind yeah. of like wrap my whole identity around it and then it was really jolting when it ended oh no the home phone is ringing um i'm just gonna ignore it it's probably a family member um and yeah i'm trying to figure out how to not do that i think i know now sort of i thought i knew and then i don't fucking know. and then shit hit the fan and then shit hit the fan so oh i don't know still still search still searching for myself 
One of my um, friends who is a listener of the pod, I'm going to shout out this person. Oh my gosh. Um, but I'm not going to say her name. Well, maybe I'll just say it. it's my friend Katie. But um, she like did this workbook or this like self-help book called Calling in the One. And I think, um, and like somehow manifested for herself like the perfect man for her the perfect guy partner for her <laughs> very like relatively fast um oh my god um and and Wait, i'm so is, sorry i'm yeah, gonna pause recording pause. you okay we're recording again my sister um, <laughs> i'm in an entirely um, wood paneled room by the way there's wood panels on the ceiling and on all four walls is it romantic? I mean, it looks really nice. From it's so, I can see, I, it's like really, really special. Yeah, I actually, it's very warm, the wood paneling. I bet. Is it hot in Michigan right now? Um, It's not super hot where I am, and apparently there's like rain for the next week and thunderstorms. Fuck. When but are you going home? I have a lot of writing done. I'm going home like after next, after next week. It's, yeah, it's a bit. Um, I miss Providence a little bit. <laughs> I know my parents want me to go back to California, and I'm kind of like, I really don't want to go. Yeah, don't do it. Not only do I not want to fly, but I just like don't want to be in my hometown, which is like where fun goes to die. One of the places fun dies there. It's not the only place where fun goes to die, but um. Yeah, where were we? Oh yeah, my wait, so my friend. Wait, wait before you ta- before you say that, I just got a wild text. I'm not gonna name names, but I just got a wild text from somebody who I used to know a long time ago. Who oh my was, god! Like apologizing for being weird when I broke up with somebody two years ago. Oh my god! <laughs> but it was like I'm moving to Providence. Also, sorry I was weird to you. I hope I can make friend up for it and be a better friend in the future. I'm kind of like. I mean, we'll side see eye about that. We'll see. It's like don't text me just so you can get into the crowd. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyways, wait. So your friend? Oh yeah. No, my friend. Um. So does this workbook called Calling in the One, and then calls in the One, who is also a listener of the pod, and oh, all and we should they, have them so both cute. on. I know we should oh my god um but they're like they're so cute they like listen to it in the car together and then and like a few weeks ago the the boyfriend uh, whose name is Ben was like I shout out Ben but he was like the pod is so good we've been listening to it I was so happy (laughs) oh my gosh calling in the one bitch I think I have at least one ex who listens to the pod, but I think it's my favorite. Uh, oh, that's good. Shout out. Shout <laughs> favorite <out>. ex. <laughs> um, that's so funny. Wow. That's a wild self-help book. Have you read it? No, but I, I want to because I think it would be good for me to like list the things that I want in a partner. I believe yeah. in manifesting. I really do. <laughs> I mean, when I, um, applying to grad schools, like, I wrote down, like, I will get into University of X, like, a hundred times in my notebook. (laughs) 
Yeah. We manifested it. Write it down. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was like, and I used to, I've done that since like middle school too, or uh, um, I don't even remember where I learned this, but someone was like, a teacher or a counselor told me that if I wrote everything down on goldenrod paper, like every day over and over again, then it would come true. Oh my gosh, so that was, teacher really <laughs> impacted you. I know, I would be like, I will get straight A's. I will get straight A's. Oh my, <laughs> oh my gosh, I was always practicing my like cursive penmanship. <laughs> and now. Same. Yeah, that was very much what I was up to. You so have nice you, handwriting though. You have really nice handwriting. Uh, it paid off. Mm-hmm practice 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 yeah. um I feel like closing out is there anything that somebody's said to you like feedback that somebody's given you that really stuck with you like somebody you've dated feedback I mean I think in my last relationship like I got some feedback about the way it was that made me feel like where I was like, I know I was that way, but, um, and I wish I could go back in, t- in time and change it, but I can't. And it was mostly just about like my own sort of guardedness and my own aloofness um, about being in a long-term serious relationship and like making huge decisions with someone else like I don't I just don't think I I was ready and that sucks so much um and it's something I'm like really been working through still to this very day of like why couldn't what why couldn't I do why couldn't I say the things I wish I'd said, or why couldn't I make the decisions that I think would have been good or healthy? But I don't know. I also trust, like, if I had a gut instinct, not that even that I had, like, a real, I think my my um, problem was that I couldn't make decisions. I was having a hard time being like, yes, move with me to Charlottesville. Um, from California I was just like I don't know like I really didn't know you know yeah and I also I don't know I like said a few things that weren't horrible things to say but also weren't the greatest things to say in terms of like you know like it's been my plan to apply to grad school and move away since before we even met like like you knew that I don't know. I, I guess like it is a kind of shitty thing to say, but like I can't really do anything about it now. Yeah. Um, but it's also really hard to be like, I am so confident in the decision that I'm making that you can, it feels like a lot of pressure for a partner to be making a decision based on a decision that you're making, even if right. it's like um, coming from a good place for both of you. I think that yeah. that would be really hard for me. Yeah. 
How about you? What is, have you gotten? <laughs> we I all feel like get I've feedback. gotten a lot of feedback recently, but I think like, I don't know. Somebody <laughs> once said to me that they think that sometimes I do things for drama, which I think was like surprising to me because I don't think of myself as a dramatic person. But then I was thinking about like, oh, like I have made decisions that definitely are like more include more dramatic outcomes than others like I I think I can be a little impulsive yeah and I think that's like counter to a lot of my nature Venus and Leo but I think like I don't know why I don't think it like really ends like I don't think I end up in situations when I'm impulsive that like are good for me right and but then I also think I think I can also be kind of indecisive and I think sometimes people experience yeah having like big tide changes and I think that has to do with also like getting far away from myself and then having to like make a big action to like sink back up and I I just want to like be more level because I think like (laughs) I don't know I can get swept up and I I I think it that can be confusing so but <laughs> wait what does Venus what does um Venus and Leo mean about the way that you express your love um it means that I can be kind of like I can really fall for people I can be kind of ride or die and I think yeah. it can also mean that I can be very like a bit jealous and like I, uh, yeah. I need a lot of intention and affirmation when I'm with somebody. Like <laughs> I kind of want them to be really into me and I want to be really into them. But I also think that it can make me a bit, uh, I don't know, I can be like a little, oh, like, like, my ego can be wrapped up in it. I can be a little right. opportunistic or something. Yeah. That's, that sucks to say. <laughs> I mean, I kind of relate. I my don't want to be that way. Scorpio. Whoa, oh my gosh. Same Maybe? Scorpio, Sun, Venus, Scorpio. Whoa. Which is like, it seems true to me. Like, I think, um, I mean, when I talk about like fantasy, as a Scorpio, like, and especially as a Scorpio and Venus, like, that's such a problem, a fatal problem for us as fantasy. Um, especially because, like, I think, um, I mean, there's, like, this conception or, or this idea of Scorpios as being really mysterious, which is actually, like, a front, uh, just a way of obscuring our interior um or our interior our interiority um so on the so on the outside i'm like aloof and like nonchalant or whatever um and i'm like really affectionate personally so i can like you know i like tell my partners like i love them and like i like kiss them and and do all the things but i'll also like on the inside i'm like very turbulent always whether mm-hmm. without a relationship or a crush or whatever um but like and i think like the one of the extremes is like the is like hiding my own obsessiveness um i'm also really jealous and possessive 
<laughs> I need a lot of affirmation. <laughs> I need a lot of attention. Yeah. Um, I which is like be... the best thing about my ex-boyfriend was like he was so good at giving me like the attention I needed <laughs> and oh wanted. Gosh. Yes. And was like so good. Like it gave me so many gifts and like Aww. like things I can never get rid of because I just like they're like really small things and I'm just like how could I get rid of this like of course it sucks to be a romantic it's so hard I know it would be so much easier if we weren't I'm a hopeless romantic I love romance I love love right. me too I mean as it since I was a child I've been obsessed with like love affair stories like cheating stories which is so bad I like wouldn't cheat on someone like I don't like, I'm not a cheater. I wouldn't have, like, another relationship behind someone's back or even, like, have sex with someone else behind my partner's back. But, like... But you're obsessed but, with agony. Yeah. I mean, my novel is, like, partially a story. Like, part of the story is a love affair story. Yeah. Um, it's kind of in the background. Um but also like not not only in the background but you know it's about insanity it's about neuros neuroticism yeah <clears throat> oh my gosh I'm hopeless <laughs> so for all you hopeless romantics out there yeah if you've got <laughs> any advice for us uh <laughs> Let email us, us. email uh, us exchange pod exchange no exchange exact ex <laughs> i can't say anything right now exchange pod at gmail.com yeah email or, us your um, advice or your dm us yeah, on instagram or if you're an eligible hottie tell us for that. either of us yeah <laughs> or maybe not i don't know maybe not i don't <laughs> I don't think I could, I don't think it'd be a good idea to pursue a relationship with, like, a listener. <laughs> no, no, I think that would be a bad idea. We need, we need boundaries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, what are you doing the rest of the day? Um, I will probably eat some dinner with my mom. I made a really... I, I slow cooked, I made like a slow cooked roast yesterday and it turned out really Ugh. beautifully. So probably going to eat some of that. And I've been working on some short stories. I've actually been writing some. That's good. Oh, so that's been really good. I'm going to maybe work on them more. And I also just started reading the Neapolitan novels, which feels a little out of fashion, but that's okay. I know I've like I read um my brilliant friend like once it was like way too late <laughs> I mean yeah I'm just yeah I'm late so and I only read it because I got a free copy I wasn't ever going to read right Elena Ferrante. <laughs> yeah what did you think of it did you like it um, I've been it holding off for a while yeah I actually think there are really interesting parts about it I think there's there are really interesting I think um the character studies are really interesting um and like the I think the tension and dynamics between 
the two, I don't even remember, it's been a while since I read them, but Between the Two Girls, I think is really interesting. Yeah. I think it's really interesting to document or to like write a narrative that like follows two people or multiple people for a really long time. Yeah, I feel like, like that I really would like be that. appealing to you. Or it would like be instructive in some ways, informative. But... I mean, it's like, I mean, when you think about it, like, I mean, I think there are lots of friends or lots of um, books about friendship, but uh, but I think one of the things that makes it such an interesting topic to write about is friendships change and evolve and and grow in a way that like romantic relationships can, but but um, but are like I don't know, friendship is such a different form of love in a really great way potentially indestructible potentially destructive yeah or both yeah yeah are you enjoying them um so far so good yeah yeah so i i like to know about the literary sensation you know i want to know what the people are talking about even if i'm late to the party I also just am like, what is a literary, like, what does it mean for there to be a literary sensation like that? So I want to know. I know. I mean, it's weird that um, the ways that that happened, she, I, she wasn't really on my radar forever. And totally. And she just like totally came on. Yeah. On this burst into the scene. I remember one time, um, going on a date with this guy a while back and he was like I was like are there any like books that you like really want to read um or something I don't remember what the con it was something like a book you like if you could only read like one thing now between now and your your death or whatever and he was like, yeah, like the Neapolitan novels. Whoa. I was kind of like, really? That? <laughs> <laughs> it was like your only date. I've been, it, I think it took me so long to read them because the graphic design is horrifying and I mm-hmm. could hardly get past it. Yeah, they're not nice. They're so bad. <laughs> <laughs> There's something like really, che- they remind me of like, really bad you know like the really bad uh, paperback covers to like old editions of pride and prejudice or like yeah. jane austen novels yeah, they're very much that it's almost it's and it's not even like good that it's so bad so yeah they're very much like airport editions right i'm kind of into i mean i just like don't want to have that kind of book in my library i know <laughs> i know well, anyways. Yeah. Do you have any? I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna try to write. Um, I have a friend, a couple friends coming over, because um, someone is going to be leaving town for a while. Um, and uh mostly like i really need to write i need to like get my shit together i've like never been i'm such a like a go-getter usually and i'm so unmotivated right now i'm just like i just want to do nothing why can't i do nothing i mean i can't but like i feel bad about it 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm gonna keep rereading written on the body. Yeah. <laughs> while while listening to fade into you. Exactly. Star. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was on my list too. Yeah, that I had a lot of Mally Star on my list. That's, yeah. Oh. Talk about like devastation and just like unless like it's not really listenable sometimes. And like I, I can't. Especially with other people around. I, like, don't want to go there with other people around. Yeah, it feels very private. I've li- <laughs> been listening to so much Mazzy Star in quarantine, but sometimes I'm like, maybe I need to take a break. Maybe not today. Oh, my God. I was re-watching um, The O.C. recently. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> and, yes. um, and at some point, like, Into Dust by Mazzy Star no plays. I was, like, I was like, holy shit no wonder all these years I've been like so like devastated by Mazzy Star for so long it was the (laughs) OC it was the OC in middle school that was like the OC had an insane talk about great love talk about I know it's really good but also talk about a great love story maybe we should do an episode (laughs) about the first season of the OC it's so good oh my god i I'm still not finished with it, but I will finish it. It's so good. I love, you know, young Misha Barton. Oh, oh my God. Was kind of like sublime, even though she's a terrible actress. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't the character, the t- character of Summer. And I forgot how like terrible Summer is to Seth in the, in the early episodes and like the, in the big first season. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Yeah, I can't even remember, but it was formative for me. I remember watching it at my friend Leah's house. She torrented it. (laughs) And we would, like, do sit-ups and then watch it and, like, eat uh, Gushers. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And look at dresses on eBay. <laughs> the horrible part about like trying to do an episode on love is like then I'm like realizing like all the stuff that we haven't hit on. I know. Like, and we need like a part two. We might have to but have a our, part two. Our part two is gonna be like the sexy, the sexy side of love. Like yeah. making love. <laughs> yeah. Phone down by Erica Badu. Oh god, so good. I mean, yeah, that whole the whole phone concept album was really good. Mm-hmm. Plus, like, I don't know, I was just thinking there are so many Drake songs that have really just like done it for me. Yes. You know? And horrible. Yes. There's you know that song Teenage Teenage Fever or something? Oh my god. It's like it has like the J Lo sample or whatever. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. Oh, I love I really I really fuck with some Drake. Mm-hmm. Talk about like separating the art from the artist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you have to. There's just like he can there's only a mood that Drake can really provide sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah. Anyway. anyway. It's been real. 
yeah thanks for if you're still listening um yeah to our ramblings for our absolute ramblings today we'll um we'll have some segments for you soon it's some more hot more literary structure. Yeah. <laughs> some more structure or maybe lack there maybe we're getting more comfortable in like a struct a structureless structure yeah which i think <laughs> is good i think it's essential for this time it's true these and you got to keep it fresh <laughs> yeah Next time we record, I'll sit in a different room. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I'll, yeah, I'll have a bit different background, too. Okay. Anyway. Anyway. Peace out, world. Bye-bye. And a thank you to Nat Harvey, who made our wonderful theme music. And Sue Han, the artist behind our content art.